Hello, everyone. Welcome to Let Fear Bounce. This is Kim Langling, your host. I'm also an author, freelance writer, and public speaker. But today, I want you to make sure you grab your favorite cup of coffee, sit back and relax, and listen in as I welcome in my special guest coming to us from England today, Lynn Page. Hello, hello, everyone. This is Kim Langling, your host of Let Fear Bounce. Today, I have with me the beautiful Lynn Page. She comes us to us from Lincolnshire, England, where she lives with her husband, Gary, and her two rescue cats, Phoebe and Arthur. Now, she has lived with mental health issues on and off for over 20 years, which had led her to taking medication, receiving therapy, and having to take a lot of time away from her job. And while she was in therapy, she found it helped to write how she was feeling. So she decided to put it all into a blog called Looking for Lynn. It's about her mental health journey. She finds it very cathartic and hopes that it will maybe help at least one person who may have felt or feels the same way as she has. So welcome, welcome, Lynn. Thank you so much for being on Let Fear Bounce. Hi, thank you very much for having me. I know, I know. We talked a few weeks ago for a completely different project. We did. So that's how we initially met. And I invited you to be on Let Fear Bounce because I think that your story is worth sharing and certainly worth shedding that bit of light out to those folks who very well could be sitting in darkness. And yeah. mental health issues at times for some carry a stigma. And I, I don't believe that. I don't believe that. And we had talked off mic that, you know, I suffer from, or she suffers from, and that word suffer, it's, it's carries a derogatory annotation. And I myself live with PTSD. So I, that's how I say it. I live with it. I don't suffer, Yeah, but I live with it because it's a part of me. Yeah, absolutely. So if, if you're open to it, share a little bit of your journey with us because 20 years, dear heart is a very long time. It is. And I don't think it was something that was talked about as much back then either. Um, I I did go to the doctors. Um, I also got diagnosed with um, an eating disorder, binge binge eating disorder. But again, back there, it wasn't really something that was uh, handled very well. I was uh, had to go and see a dietitian in hospital once a week with a food diary and get weighed. Don't know how that was supposed to help me at all. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, I was referred to counselling, but I found that if you didn't connect with your counsellor, you didn't really want to talk to them. So I ended up saying what they wanted to hear. So I didn't have to go back. So that didn't help me either. So that was just something I worked my way through. In my late 20s, early 30s, um, I had uh, a mental breakdown. I lived on my own at the time um, and ended up, my hair started falling out. Um, I was crying all the time, couldn't sleep. Um, and I, I just couldn't cope. And again, went back to the doctors, was given um, medication, um, which was fluoxetine, Prozac, um, and had to move back in with my parents uh, while I coped. Again, referred for counselling and to see a psychiatrist. However, 
psychiatrist I was with for 40 minutes and she basically said you need a new job and that was it after being away from work for about four months I did go back luckily a lot of my um a lot of my problems stemmed from management the manager left things got a lot better um and then I hit perimenopause when I was 43 so that was very hard to deal with because first thing I had to get my head around was the fact that because my husband and I hadn't got together until later in life when we were 39, 40 and hitting perimenopause so early on, we weren't going to have children. That decision was taken away from us. So I, when I was at the doctors and explaining this, um, they put me on antidepressants quite a low dosage of antidepressants, 10 milligrams of citalopram, um, which I think sort of helped a little bit. And then I was feeling a bit, uh, that it wasn't helping as much. So they increased the dose to 20 milligrams. Um, and I was at a stage where I needed to get a repeat prescription. So uh, I ordered it and it went to complete like the other end of the country. And I'd ran out of these tablets that you're not supposed to just go cold to turkey. And that was it. I was getting withdrawal symptoms. I was at work. I was having a panic attack that I'd never experienced before. I couldn't breathe. I thought I was dying. The world was spinning. My husband had to come and pick me up and take me home, even though I'd driven myself to work. Um, I had to get an emergency appointment at the doctor's to get an emergency prescription filled. And all I can remember from that day was being in bed for four days straight with the curtains drawn, didn't want to talk to anybody, didn't wash my hair, didn't brush my teeth, didn't have a shower, didn't really eat anything, just slept and cried, slept and cried. Now, this is the first time my husband had experienced this. He didn't know what to do. Right. He didn't know how to handle me. He, he, he just didn't have a clue. All he could see that I was broken. I had to Google how to help somebody with depression just to try and get him a bit of support. Right. Yeah, and um, that, that was when I knew things had to change. I ended up on quite a lot of medication after that, including diazepam for my uh, panic attacks. Um, but I found a really good therapist who really listened. And sometimes it was just a chat, you know, and, and it was somebody you knew it was a safe place that you could just chat and it might be what you've done, what you haven't done. Um, and, it, and they weren't there to judge you. Um, and he used to give me like homework to do. <laughs> He'd give me a little exercise to do to try and help me. Um, so when I'd done it, I felt like I'd achieved something. Right. And the more I had my therapy, the more I started finding who I really was, hence the title, Looking for Lynn. And we talked about how working in the bank in such a toxic environment was just no good for me. There was people, you could walk into the bank in a really good mood and then people would be coming at you 
talking about other people, bringing you down, trying to drag you into their negative conversations. And I just didn't want to be around that anymore. Yeah, and, and I was having such a lot of problems sleeping as well. Mm-hmm. So I think with your mental health, you either sleep all the time or not at all. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I've I've experienced that myself. So I know exactly. Yeah. I exact I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Um, and one of the things because I explained to my therapist, if I could have opened the top of my head, taken my brain out and put it in a jar by my bed then that would be great because I just couldn't switch my brain off and that's when I started writing things down so I had a journal by my bed and I was just writing my feelings down and it was really cathartic um and that's when I thought well, do you know what I wonder if this would help anybody else and I wonder if I could do a blog I didn't know what how to do it so I just googled it um you know and I I put my first post out there and got some really good feedback and it's been two years now um and now I want to put it into a book that's a wonderful idea actually I and that was one of my questions I'm taking notes (laughs) as you talk and I'm I wrote book question mark (laughs) because it's I mean that's that's quite a journey and one thing that stands out to me, I mean, really stands out to me is you were prescribed medication yeah. after medication, yeah. but you weren't given tools to put in your metaphorical yeah. toolbox on how to deal with triggers that come at you, yeah. you know, something that turns your day around, which yeah. is seemingly normal, but then all of a sudden your day's turned around. Yeah. Or you're, you're like, okay, I can't carry on right now. That's concerning. Was, That's actually concerning. And I, yeah. I have seen that so many times. And I, I, live, I live with PTSD, post-traumatic stress, yeah. from an incident that I experienced while I was in the military. I was never, people that I went to talk to, therapists and such, I was fortunate, I guess. Yeah. They never tried to push pills on me. And even when they did suggest them, I said, no. Yeah. I said, no, I, I'm strong. I can get through this. Well, it got yeah. to the point where it's like, wow, I'm not as strong as I thought yeah. I was. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but I was literally just on one and you had I was on nine. Oh my goodness. Nine, nine different tablets. Nine to tablets. Me, that's, to me, that's just insane. Yeah. I, I was at one point, I was like a zombie. Oh, you, I was just going to say you had to have been just numb. Yeah, because they gave me tablet antidepressants, then they gave me tablets to help me sleep, um, tablets for the anxiety, and then tablets for panic attacks, as well as HRT for the menopause. So during all of that, did anyone ever say, let's look at your diet, what you're eating and when? No. What do you, ex- when do you exercise? How much exercise do you do? No. How often do you get outside? No. Do you read? Do you write? None of that was ever brought up. Only with my therapist. But my therapist was something that I did privately. So I don't know whether you're aware we have the National Health Service here in the UK, um, which we're very lucky to have. We don't have to pay for it. Um, So our uh, doctors that we go to when we're ill 
and they're the ones that prescribe our medication and I could have gone for counselling through them but I'd have had to have gone on a really long waiting list oh so you know you're talking six months waiting list and you can't wait six months no not when you need help immediately um so I had private health care with my job at the time and used that so went went to somebody completely different that wasn't connected to the NHS um, so if they're it, not if they're not connected to the NHS they don't share right no. with each other no not unless they're asked oh okay okay yeah it's a lot yeah. different from here in the U.S. yeah okay yeah I learned I see I'm learning something new every day yeah <laughs> but now I'm only on two tablets I did all that during the first lockdown here in the UK mm-hmm. in March last year. So I thought if there's a time where I want to reduce my tablets, it's now starting with the sleeping tablets that I was on because they were just making me feel dreadful. Oh, okay. So waking up all sluggish and right. tired and not ready for the day. Um, you know, and struggling to get through the day without having a sleep um, and just, you know, not wanting to go out and get any exercise. Um, They also made me put a lot of weight on, which the GP told me after I'd put the weight on. (laughs) So That they they may cause weight gain? Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Thanks. Thanks for that. Yeah. But yeah, so now I'm only on two tablets from nine. So So you did that on your own over this whole lockdown period that you folks are experiencing over there. And it's benefited you. Oh, 100%. Yeah, totally. My husband describes me now as the old Lynn, but more amazing. Oh, (laughs) that's beautiful. (laughs) No. Tell your husband, Gary, I said, that's just beautiful. <laughs> I will. <laughs> you're, you're, you are fortunate and blessed right there. Right? I am yeah. very, very fortunate and blessed. Very much so. Well, he's, what he's a, put up with a lot. <laughs> I, I'm sure he has. And, you know, to see his wife, whom he loves dearly, obviously, yeah. in such a state that, that she won't even leave her bed. Yeah. That had to have been so frightening for him. Yeah. And feeling as if he had nowhere to turn to know what uh, yeah to do. definitely yeah I mean because men aren't the same as us anyway are they they're not gonna ring a friend and say this is what's happening and I don't know what to do right they internalize it yes they do and he definitely internalized it definitely so, so. my I'm curious mm-hmm because you mentioned um, that you were having panic attacks and depression, yeah. that you were diagnosed with an eating disorder. Was that in your late 20s? Yeah. Prior to that, was there a transition of some sort or a traumatic event that happened in your life previous to that, that something started triggering all of this, all of this happening to you in your 20s? No, nothing that I can think of. Um as a child, I was bullied um, about my weight. I always thought I was fat. Um, and I've done a blog post about this, actually. And when I look back, I wasn't fat at all. I was an average 
average child, an average healthy child. Right. Um, we did move around a lot as a child because my dad was in the Royal Air Force. Um, so we were only ever in one place for two, three years at a time. So, you know, there was connections that were broken with friendships that lost, that were lost, new schools I always had to start. But no, there was nothing, nothing really major, no traumatic experience. I, I just think if you're told something enough times, you believe it. Yes, you, you become conditioned to it. I was just going to say, regardless, it, it might not have been felt like it was seemingly, you know, big and traumatic, but that slow progression yeah. of yeah. still feeding into your, you know, into your subconscious way. Yeah, you, you absorb that whether you yeah. think you are or not. Yeah, and kids you know, are cool. it is. And I, I learned a lot. And I, you know, of course, when you're in your own bubble, yeah. You don't realize any of that because that's your life. And to you, that's okay. This is life. And this is how yeah. it's going to be, I guess. Um, but I, I learned a lot, you know, from, uh, from my counselor, I learned a tremendous amount about things that we were not on purpose conditioned to, but it was just what we were in yeah. when we were younger and what a, what a stamp that has on the rest of your life as you as you age and you get into adulthood yeah. and relationships and the mind is an amazing thing oh isn't it just it is it is an amazing thing and I look back at my journey and I'm thinking wow now that I have so much more in understanding you know yeah. I'm like wow if I would have known this 15 years ago oh absolutely <laughs> you know? yeah so what a coulda shoulda Yes, exactly. You know, and panic attacks and anxiety and, and depression, it's very prevalent. And even, oh. even more so now since, you know, the last year, it's even more it prevalent now. And I think it's being talked about a lot more openly yeah. now. Yeah. Because right. I think so too. I think yeah. so too. Because for years, for a very long time, I did not share my journey. And then it was all of a sudden, you know what? I think I have to, because I was meeting more and more people in yeah. the same type of spot that I was in. Yeah. There's, there shouldn't be a stigma to it no. anymore. And it used to be, you'd think, well, do you know what? If I broke my arm and I had a plaster cast on my arm, you can see where I've injured myself, but you can't see inside my head and what's going on. Right. And you can't understand what I've been going through. Right. I, I often say, you know, people are very strong and we put on our armor every day when we wake up. And just because someone looks like they have it all together, sounds like they have it all together, they're always that smiling, bubby, bubbly, inspirational person. Invisible scars do exist. Oh, truly do. Yeah. And we have to be mindful of that. Yeah. That's one of the reasons I started this podcast. You know, talk about your fears, get them out there because someone else out there is experiencing or has experienced something similar or if not the same, you know, and maybe, maybe hearing your words, your journey, they're going to be going, okay, so I can climb out of this, this hole I'm in. Yes. You know, there is light, there is light yeah. out there. And 
I'm always saying, you know, I just want to be, I keep saying lately, I, I toss nuggets, little nuggets of goodness. That's yeah. what I call it. Your story is, I mean, it's a case in point, you know, and you became your own advocate yeah. during, during your lockdown over there in, in England. And you went from nine medications down to two and you're thriving. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm people that I met a year ago, somebody said to me today on a zoom call that I've transformed and they've, and they ha- are so impressed by my resilience as well, because especially being in the travel industry and being very new to the travel industry, this has been the worst year in history. (laughs) (laughs) I could quite easily have gone back into that dark hole and not wanted to come out, but I didn't. And that's right, you did. You left your job. Yeah. And started, was that within the last year? Uh, Yeah, I left. So I started my job on the 1st of March, 1988. I left it on the 10th of October, 2019. I started training as a travel agent on the 22nd of October, 2019 and launched my business on the 1st of January, 2020. And then I became COVID. (laughs) Great timing. But I didn't let it knock me down. And that very well could have. Yeah. You know, because I knew it was the right thing to do. Right. And once you get that mindset where, you know, you're where you're supposed to be. Yes. And doing what you're supposed to be doing and you feel better. Yeah. Because you've gotten yourself or you were at that point, I'm assuming weaning yourself off all that other stuff and start to feel better. That makes such a huge difference in your mindset and, and physically how you feel I mean, yeah. my gosh, I want to like jump up and down and say yeehaw for you because that's, it's, no, that's amazing. It truly is. Thanks. It really I'm proud is. of myself and I can't remember ever being able to say that. And you should be darn proud of yourself. Yeah. You should be incredibly proud of yourself. Um, I, yeah. I am very proud of you too. Thank you. <laughs> you know, and I'm just getting to know you a little bit better. Now I want to go back to your blog thing because yeah. you said you were thinking about doing a book putting it into a book would it be yeah. a book of of different stories or would it be a continuous like a continuous flow journey of you know story of your journey or just short stories like your blogs you're just turning into a book yeah my blogs just turning into a, a book that would um, be amazing yeah um, and it, it's actually other people that suggested it and I was like no what's gonna worry that and I thought well actually you know 2,000 people read my blog at the minute so why why would they not want to read it in print concise version yes no I think you should I I encourage you to do that I am I am I am all about um writing and getting your words out there I wasn't always but probably the last 10 years or so I I am um because you had mentioned that in your bio that writing became cathartic for you very very much so and the same thing happened with me. Yeah. I started writing. People were saying, wow, this is really good. Wow. Yeah. Why don't you do more? And so I did. I never even looked at myself as a writer. That's not what I was trained in. I didn't go to school yeah. for that, you know. But, you know, here I am 
16 years later, still doing it and enjoying it. And there is power in the written word. Oh, yeah, definitely. Tremendous power. And you said you've got 2000 people that currently read your blog. Yeah. So that's 2000 people you're touching in some way. Yeah. And that have given me feedback. You know, um, someone sent me a message saying how they were having a bad day and they read my blog and it made them sit back and think, actually, the position that she is in is not bad. And she thanked me for doing that. And that is why I do it. You know, and it's I'm always amazed at how when we're in our own bubble of darkness, I always call it darkness. Yeah. Most times, if not all the time, it yeah. takes someone outside of our bubble, that unbiased yeah. opinion, to help you look at yourself and go, oh, yeah. why, am I, why am I giving that so much power over me? Yeah. And I, I strongly believe that, um, you know, things like this, doing a podcast, writing, getting your book out, blogs, yeah. it has more power than people realize. Yeah. As- Especially in this time that we're in, in this, you know, crazy world that we live in now has so much power. And yeah, I, I, my goodness, I encourage you, encourage you to get that, get that published in some form for sure. Yeah, um, I am looking into it at the moment. So I know numerous publishers. So if you need a direction to go, I can give you several names. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, no, I am. I am all about supporting those who write and authors because yeah. I'm one myself. And unless you're huge and famous, it takes a lot of work to get your stuff out there. Yeah. Yeah. So I am all about supporting one another and encouraging one another. So we are little fish in a big yes, pond. We're, yes, we? we're those little <laughs> fish. Exactly. Just frantically swimming. Yeah. <laughs> like what, what is, what's her name? Dora from Dora. But Yeah. <laughs> Swimming, swimming, swimming. Yeah. Just keep on swimming. Yeah. Keep on swimming. <laughs> oh, well, that veered off a little bit, didn't it? That happens with me, I'm afraid. Oh, me too. <laughs> me too, all the time. So as we as we wrap up here today, what is one thing that you want to leave the listeners with that they can take with them as they continue on their day? I have said this many times and it's what I live by and it's, it's okay not to be okay. It really is. You don't know what's going on in other people's minds. Um, Be kind. Exactly. Be kind because you never know what storm someone is going through. Yeah. Exactly. The world needs more of that, more kindness. Yeah. Especially well, now. Oh my goodness, yes. Yes, <laughs> it does indeed. Well, and thank you so much for being my guest on Let Fear Bounce. And I would love to have you back in a few months if you're open to that. Oh, I'd love that. Thank you. Because in a few months, you'll be able to tell me how you're coming along with your book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm accountable now. <laughs> see, see how I threw that out in there, there now. <laughs> Uh, see, it's a little encouragement nugget for you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've got a Kim nugget. 
There you go. All right. Thanks again so much for being with me. And I wish you a wonderful rest of the day. Thank you.